1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required.
2: This is The Busted. Open. Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius
3: XM, Bite Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about the big pro wrestling weekend ahead and welcome one of the best pro wrestlers in the world right now to the show. Fully Ray and I begin our Extreme Rules preview asking the question, could this be where we see Brock Lesnar cash in his money in the bank briefcase? Prior to Extreme Rules this Sunday, AEW's fight for the fallen is going head to head with Evolve's 10th anniversary. The first ever Evolve show streamed live on the WWE Network. But will the casual fan tune in? Plus, fresh off her critically acclaimed match with Sami Callahan at Slammiversary, Impact Wrestling's Tessa Blanchard joins us. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Now, obviously, Extreme Rules is on Sunday. But the interesting day this weekend is not Sunday night. To me, it's Saturday night. AEW Fight for the Fallen is happening on Saturday night, which you can get on BR Live streaming for free. But also what's taking place on the WWE Network at the same time, and that's the Evolve 10th Anniversary Show. Interesting dynamics taking place on Saturday night, Bully. Oh, I think it's interesting because it's the first time
4: WWE is making a very specific chess move to uh, counter an AEW show. I know uh, this is the first time. This is actually what Kenny Omega was referring to when he went on social media and said, I can't believe that certain things are going on. We're trying to do a a show for charity, right? Yep. So, yeah, WWE is putting a show on the network to run right up against AEW's Fight for the Fallen. This is no different than when WCW used to put a free Clash of the Champions on TBS right up against WrestleMania. Right, Dave? Yeah, you're right. And You know what it's called?
3: What? Competition. Yeah, it is. And it is, this is competition. And it's so interesting that before AEW ha- even had their first TV show, and, and obviously their TV show is not going to go up against the WWE. It's not going to go up against SmackDown or Raw. I would think not anyway. But it's, this is competition, and it's amazing that all these bombs are being dropped, Bully, before they actually have their first TV show. And it's from both sides. You know, I, I really think the, big, the first big drop was by Triple H at the Hall of Fame ceremony when he called AEW that piss company that if Vince McMahon won could, if Vince McMahon wanted could just buy. Like, that was, first of all, talk about a, 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 a bad thing to say at a bad time. I think the timing was awful at the Hall of Fame ceremony of all places. But that was a shot. I was surprised that that happened. And then at Double or Nothing, we obviously saw, obviously saw Cody Rhodes with the sledgehammer, you know, destructing the, uh, the, the king's throne, so to speak, as a shot back to Triple H. And then now you get what you're getting on Saturday. Like... Kenny Omega said this is a charity show. It's it's a glorified house show that's being streamed live on BR BR Live. And then WWE has decided to have this 10th anniversary show go right up against it on a Saturday night on the WWE network. Does it surprise you that these things are happening before the first official show? Absolutely not. These are the, these are moves with your pawns. These
4: are small moves on the chessboard. These are not major moves. These are just pawn moves. You move your pawn, I move my pawn. You try to do something, I'm going to try to do something back. And that's all it is. And like I said, Vince lives for this stuff. He loves competition. And Lord knows Vince hasn't had any real competition. And folks, when I say competition, I I know there, there are some WWE talents who have gone out there and said, There is no competition. There'll never be competition for the WWE. It's not, you know, they try to downplay the competition. And I can understand that. But you have to look at facts that smacked the wrestling world and the WWE in the face a couple of months ago. A company with an owner that probably has more money than Vince McMahon was able to lure one of their top talents away told that top talent let your contract run out and as soon as your contract runs out you got this contract waiting for you that's not competition Mm. that that is competition when a when aew does a, a show on br Live, like fight for the fallen and the wwe for the first time puts an independent show on their network that caters to the same fan base that aew is you're going to tell me that's not competition this is the beginning of competitive moves and it's going to keep going on and when the tv shows are on tv you'll see the same thing and when aew decides to run um a certain building on a let's let's say they go live on wednesday nights right dave yeah if they want to go live if they go live on wednesday nights in um uh, i don't know in um in in new york well wwe is going to go live on live the night before in new jersey it's going to
3: be little moves like this it's going to be posturing to see who can outdo who yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how what happens once the fall comes with Smackdown moving, the Fox and AEW premiering their show on TNT. You know what I thought, and this kind of went under the radar, Bully, but you're the perfect person to get this take from. You you heard what's going to be happening in September at Madison Square Garden, right? Yep they are going to tape or not sh- I shouldn't say tape they are going to have raw and smackdown live from Madison Square Garden in September this is the first time in over 10 years that there's been a raw and smackdown at Madison Square Garden and this is strictly
4: because i mean i i don't want to say i 100% know for a fact but you can probably make the hypothesis that this is because ring of honor And New Japan ran the Garden, and the Garden wasn't necessarily happy with the WWE because the Garden was only getting two wwe house shows a year one in the summer and one the day after christmas wwe you know the garden was like come on man where is the business yeah you're throwing business at the barclay center you're throwing business here and there but you always forget about the garden and the wwe's take was well you're so damn expensive so the garden said okay well we're gonna let other people in and now wwe comes back and goes all right let's work this out let's have a white claw together and book <laughs> raw and smack down <laughs> You know, and and that's what's happening. They're going to go back to the Garden, and they're going to the Garden in September. Isn't that when AAA is running their
3: shows at the Garden? And that's also the time when New Japan is coming to the New York area in September as well. So there's a lot going on in September if you're a pro wrestling fan in New York. I think I think New Japan
4: coming to the Northeast, especially the three buildings that they're going to, presents more competition to Ring of Honor than it does to than it does with WWE.
3: Wow, you're right because where they're I mean, especially here in New York City, they're at Hammerstein. The Hammerstein Ballroom, that is, that is if, if Madison Square Garden is the flagship arena for the WWE, that's the flagship arena for Ring of Honor. They always have their shows in New York at that, at that building. Yeah, I don't, think, uh, I don't think a WWE fan or a New
4: Japan fan has a hard decision of where they want to spend their money. It's like, I know I'm going to go to Raw or SmackDown at the Garden, or I know I'm going to see New Japan um, in either New York, Boston, or Philadelphia. Uh, I, I don't think that WWE and New Japan are in competition for you know the the fans' money on that one. Ring of Honor and New Japan, I would say yes, they are in competition for that dollar because we've seen Ring of Honor and New Japan work together before in, in the Hammerstein Ballroom on and... On tours, like the War of the Worlds tour, now New Japan is putting their toe in the
3: water on the East Coast by themselves. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, so AAA is having their show at the Garden on September 15th. The SmackDown and the Raw will be on September 9th and September 10th. So interesting, the timing of that. Within a week of each other, all three of those shows are going to be held at Madison Square Garden. And, Bully, you mentioned that this... You know, this may or may not have anything to do with things that have been happening on with that building. And, of course, WrestleMania weekend taking place in New York, New Jersey, and nothing from the WWE being held at Madison Square Garden. The last time there was a Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden was November 16, 2009. The last time there was a SmackDown was the day that this show premiered, Busted Open, April 28, 2009. That's over 10 years. You think how that building was used all the time for anything that was significant for the WWE? There hasn't been a Raw or SmackDown at Madison Square Garden, Bully, in over 10 years. Amazing. And when and when
4: did the Barclays
3: Center get built? About 10 years ago. Yeah, and that's kind of been their home. And, and I'm wondering if things may be changing a little bit. And if maybe, again, because of competition... They now have to use that building more than they have over the last ten years. David, it's really just dollars and cents. Nobody
4: at the garden hates Vince, and Vince doesn't hate the garden. They've had a wonderful relationship dating back to Vince's grandfather. It just comes down to money. Running a house show, a live event at the garden is expensive enough. Now when you gotta, you know, bring in Raw and SmackDown, WWE is laying out a lot more money and probably gonna make less in return. Because no matter what, even if they sell it out i've heard these conversations in the past within wwe that like even if they sell out the garden they really don't i don't think they do as well as they do any place else they probably have the least uh profit margin Mm -hmm. at the garden because the garden is so expensive so um yeah, it's going to create some competition for AAA, that's for sure. Listen, AAA, as Conan said on the show, AAA chose September because I believe it's it's Spanish-American Pride Month in New York City, yes? Yes. So the Spanish-American fan has, um, or Hispanic-American fan has been... Uh, will want to see the AAA show, but the Hispanic American market has also been huge for the WWE in New York, dating back to the days of Pedro Morales. So I can definitely see fans who are on a budget going, wow, which show did we want to see? Raw, SmackDown,
3: or AAA? Yeah, it's like, now you have... You know, one of three shows that you you have to choose from. Plus, like you mentioned before, New Japan coming in, even though it's not at the Garden, you know, it's just a couple of blocks away from where the Garden is, and that being held in September as well. I got to be honest with you, bully. As a pro wrestling fan, as somebody who loves the history of this great sport, I'm excited. Because the Madison Square Garden is such an important building for pro wrestling. It wasn't that long ago. We did a whole show about how Madison Square Garden has been completely forgotten about. That's not the case anymore. Let's get to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go to Derek in Delaware. Derek, what's going on, buddy? Dave,
0: Bully, thanks for taking my call. I've been listening to you guys for a very, very long time. Proud member of the Busted Open Nation, man. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Derek. Um, check this Yeah, check this out. So I I was born and raised in North Jersey, so I was a big, you know, obviously WWF fan growing up, and I went to every event at Madison Square Garden since Survivor Series 96, you know, when The Rock debuted and things of that nature. Um, I was at the very last two events that were quote-unquote televised. One was Survivor Series 2011 and the Hall of Fame in 2013 when Bruno San Martino went to the Hall of Fame. Mm It is about time, about time that WWE says, you know what? taking the gloves off, and we're just going to be who we are again. Show events at matters Square Garden. Do pay-per-views there again. It's a shame that the fact that somebody else went to their house, I mean, kudos to Ring of Honor and New Japan, by the way, for going into their house and saying, all right, we got you, WWE, what you going to do about it? So now they're doing something about it. So now I think competition, and I was afraid to say this word, but it's so true now. It's competition for all wrestling companies to get who, which fans are we're going to grab now. And it, 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 it benefits the fans, And it benefits the guys and girls in the business that everybody can earn a living and we can all enjoy the sport that we love the sport of pro wrestling. Thanks for taking my call.
3: You got it, Derek. And that's a really good call. And listen, I mean, Mark Henry and I did a show with Chris Jericho on Talk is Jericho about a year ago about, you know, about, hey, you know what? They don't use the Garden anymore. This used to be the flagship for the WWE. And then it's dark WrestleMania weekend, Bully. We talked a lot about that. You know, how how could, it, how could WrestleMania be in New York, New Jersey, and then there are no events at Madison Square Garden? But again, it all changed with that Ring of Honor New Japan show, WrestleMania weekend.
2: Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app.
4: Let me ask you a question. Um... Ring of Honor, we saw the debut of Maria Manik. You saw that, correct? Yes. With a a woman of her stature, what direction would you like to see a woman like Maria Manik go in? And I'm asking this because obviously what Tessa just did, what's going on in the WWE with the gender matches,
3: what direction would you like to see a Maria Manik go in? Well, just I I guess at first just, just plow through that roster at Ring of Honor. And then maybe see where it goes from there. Well, if you have a moniker like the Man Eater, would you rather see her wrestle women or men? No, with with that, you're probably right. At some point, she's probably going to have to go and wrestle men on the roster. And she's she's con, you know she has considerable size.
4: So I was just thinking about that, just because it seems like the trend is starting to not fully go in this direction, but we're starting to see more men and women get into it. I really, really would like to see Charlotte find the right person to tag with because I think Charlotte and somebody versus Seth and Becky,
3: I think that's money. I do too. And I like what you just said, Bully, the trend. And this is where I have to give you credit because you are definitely ahead of this trend. Because we've had these discussions months and months ago. And when we used to have the discussions, it wasn't something that I was really into. Because it was never something that I really enjoyed much. And it also seemed something that was in the past. But you used to bring it up. And then here we are now in July of 2019. And you just mentioned it. It's the trend in pro wrestling. Not just with Impact like you just mentioned with ring of honor. And then now even in the WWE, when you see a team of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch in a main event at a pay-per-view, like extreme rules. So I don't think, I don't think it's going to be the main event. You think it's going to be the main event? I think it should be the main event because both, both those titles are on the line. Okay. They're going to put that on last and not take her. I'm just asking. I'm, I hear what you're saying. Name recognition. It's it's the Undertaker. I still think you need to put that tag match. And when I mean the tag match, the two ma- the tag match for the two titles that should be in the main event because we coming out of Extreme Rules, we might have a new Raw Women's Champion and a new Universal Champion. Boy, oh boy, would it
4: piss the WWE universe off if Brock were to cash in on Seth? And because of Seth losing the match, by default, Lacey becomes your new women's
3: champion. Wow. How's that? I mean, you talk you're right. I mean, forget it. take take Brock out of the equation for just a second. What do you think our fans are gonna be like on our Monday show if your champions for Monday Night Raw are Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans? No, not Baron Corbin. Brock Lesnar and Lacey Evans. No, but, but I'm just saying if I was just, I was just taking Brock Lesnar out of the equation for just Oh, so a straight up Corbin and yes. Lacey win? I I I'm not No no no. Oh, no, no, no. I'll
4: I'll answer your question. Yeah. Fans are going to be pissed, super pissed, thermonuclear pissed, like in the red pissed. I get it. I'm a race car in the red. All I'm saying is, you don't want to have me in the red. Uh, Yeah. But that would, there would need to be some shenanigans. There's no way Corbin and Lacey just beat uh, uh, Becky and Seth straight up. Agreed. But Heyman said that there's going to be cash in. We've talked about how. Brock with the briefcase means more than Brock just cashing in. But if Brock did cash in, let's say in the middle of the match, everybody is down, and here comes Brock, and Brock decides to cash in in the middle of the match. Brock F5, Seth, 1-2-3, the match is over. Brock is your new universal championship, and because Seth lost the match, technically... I guess Lacey could become the champion. That's where I mean, it's it's not perfect,
3: but it could happen. That, it gets dicey because, you know, the WWE could change anything whenever they want. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. Who knows? You know, come come the pay-per-view, it could be an lim- elimination match, for crying out loud, after what we saw on Raw on Monday. But you're right. But, but let me ask you this. <laughs> it's crazy. But who do you think the nation would rather see as universal champion? Brock Lesnar or Baron Corbin? Brock Lesnar. I think so, too. Hands down. People, listen, we've had
4: this discussion at nauseam about how people bitch, moan, and complain about Brock Lesnar. I bet you if you put a poll up right now, who would you rather see champion, Brock or Baron, and you held a gun to people said they'll tell you Brock. Yeah. Listen, the matches that we get from Brock are entertaining. He always does a great job with his opponents in his big money matches, and he saves it for his big money matches. And that's the smart thing, because he's an attraction, because he saves it. When he saves it, it means something. When you see guys wrestle every single week on Raw in this day and age, it kind of becomes old hat. You didn't see Austin wrestle every week on Raw, right? No. You didn't see Rocky wrestle every week on no. Raw. No. No. I mean, they wrestled a lot more than Brock does these days. But I would take Brock as my champion. Um, Or if Kofi's so hurt, that he can't continue, and does Brock cash in on Kofi? It's possible. I and, don't know the extent of his injury.
3: And here's the other thing, too, that we have to to be aware of, is what's going to happen in the fall. Is, is Brock more valuable on Raw as your Universal Champion or more valuable on SmackDown as your WWE
4: Champion? No-brainer. SmackDown WWE Champion. Brock has crossover um, name appeal. I'm sure Fox would be salivating over the fact that they had Brock Lesnar on their show um, and uh, unique to their brand, and I think that th- th- I think that's where the best utilization of Brock comes in. Yeah, I I don't know how you don't put the focus on that SmackDown show. Finally, after years and years and years of trying to make your company legit, it's kind of like in Godfather Three when they were trying to make the family business legit by getting into bed with the Vatican. Yeah, which is which is pretty funny. Um, you know, Vince finally is as legit as it's ever gotten. Major network television.
3: Yeah, and and I think you're right. And as far as what we're going to see at Extreme Rules, Kofi Kingston not a hundred percent, and he's going up against Samoa Joe. I could see something happening here because you you not only have to think about what's happening in the fall with now moving to Fox, but also what's happening in August with SummerSlam. So I would have to think you're going to see Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. You would think it's the second biggest show of the year. Yep.
4: Um, If Kofi is hurt and they needed to get the championship off of Kofi, Brock cash in or
3: put it on Joe? So, I, I got to think of it in terms of SummerSlam. Samoa Joe against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam or Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? No, you didn't listen to the question. If they got to get the belt off
4: of Kofi. Oh, you're saying it, because Kofi would be ready by the time SummerSlam yes. came around? Okay. Yes. Uh, Kofi versus Brock is the money to me because Kofi chasing that championship really, really meant something, right? Yep. When Kofi beat Daniel Bryan, it it, it was huge. How do we get Kofi in a similar chase situation since we know it works so well? Kofi having to overcome the beast? Wow. I want to see that. I'm
3: paying to see that. And Kofi has already said it. Kofi has mentioned that to really legitimize his run as WWE champion, he feels he has to face Brock Lesnar. He said that on TV. Now, I know Becky Lynch made some promises that she didn't keep you know, before WrestleMania 35. And it didn't really matter at the end of the day because of what happened at WrestleMania 35. But Kofi made that statement after capturing that WWE championship. They could always go back to that promo, which I think was significant. And I think he might be right. It's one thing Kofi getting the opportunity and beating Daniel Bryan and having that WrestleMania moment. But I think the story now is to really separate himself as a great champion. He needs to face somebody like Brock Lesnar. I would love to see Brock and Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam. Though, that being said, Bully, a Samoa Joe-Brock Lesnar match would be pretty damn good, too.
4: Uh, we haven't gotten Joe and Brock yet. Or did we get it once? I don't remember.
3: With 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 Samoa Joe and Brock? Did we get one match we out of them? We did get one match with them. It, it was... It, it, it was a pretty short match, right? Yeah. I mean, Brock won,
4: but Samoa Joe had a good showing. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, Brock versus Joe is a Haas fight, and I get it. I don't know the real emotion attached to that match. The emotion of Kofi. I mean, um, if imagine Kofi is able to slip over on Joe at Extreme Rules, right? Yeah. And then he's laying there and he's clutching his whatever injury he was able to overcome. And here comes Brock and takes advantage of it. You're going to tell me that Brock Lesnar taking advantage of a beaten down, broken Kofi Kingston is not going to want to make people see Kofi chase Brock for that championship?
3: A hundred percent it will. Somebody we've talked to a lot about this week, Bully, and that is Tessa Blanchard. And she joins us now right here on Busted Open. Tessa, how are you today? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Sounds like you're in the mountains.
2: I am. I'm I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. Where exactly is nowhere? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in California. I'm here for um, Brian and Melissa's wedding tomorrow. Or, well, today
3: now nice right. they
2: get they get married today today tonight
3: all right awesome congratulations to to melissa and brian cage and tessa obvious first of all tessa thanks for joining the show there you are going to a wedding you're in the middle of nowhere you're in the mountains and yet you are still called <laughs> in so we appreciate that very much and you have to be excited though It didn't turn out the way that you had hoped or a lot of fans had hoped, but you had to be excited over that match you had at Slammiversary this past Sunday.
2: Oh, I loved Slammiversary. It was just, uh, it was really, really a neat thing. I didn't expect to be in the main event. I didn't know that they were going to change everything and put us in the main event. Um, So that was really, really cool for me. A girl has never done that at Impact yet. So that was really neat. It's been like, an important thing for me this year. I really want to make history in my own way. So it's like a little baby step towards doing that. I feel like
3: Uh, you say that you didn't know that the match was going to be in the main event. When did you find out that the match was going to be in the main event?
4: The day of wow. Tessa, um, Sammy has a reputation of being very, very aggressive. um, Maybe snug Every once in a while, something could have gone awry with him. People have used the word reckless. I haven't used that word. Were you concerned at all with Sammy's style?
2: You know, someone asked me that before, but I don't think I was really because I'm used to being in there with the guys, and I know that Sammy's aggressive, and now I know better than anyone that Sammy is so aggressive. Um, he's one of the most aggressive people I've ever been in the ring with, but I feel like I'm confident enough in myself to go in there and hold my own because I can be just as aggressive in my own way.
4: How did you feel about the match? Do you feel like you could have done it any better in retrospect? Are are you, are you completely proud with the effort the two of you put forth?
2: I feel like I am. I haven't gone back and watched it yet or anything. Um, But I feel honestly like I was just lost in the match. And at the end, just I was overcame with emotion. And even when I came to the back, I was just like, emotion just came over me. And it felt like we did something important. Um, So that was really, really neat for me. It just, it felt important.
3: You know, Tessa, 2019 has been a fantastic for you, fantastic year for you in the ring. You look at what you did with Sammy Callahan on Sunday at Slammiversary. And then the feud you had before that with Gail Kim. You know, you really went through this roster with Impact Wrestling. And then, you know, Bully and I talk about, you know, an opponent for you where you can take it to the next level. And they had to bring back a Hall of Famer for you. And now you're going after the men's division. I mean, what's next for you at Impact Wrestling?
2: You know, that's something that people ask me a lot, too. They're like, after Gail, what's next for you? And now they're like, after Sammy, what's next for you? Um, and the truth is, honestly, I don't know. There's one thing that I'm really focused on, and it may sound cliche or whatever, but I see a lot of people having the, the women's first this and the first that and the first this, and it's great. It's like, it's so awesome for this whole women's evolution, women's movement thing that's going on. Um, but I really want to make history in my own way in a different way than anybody else um and that's important to me so i guess what's next is whatever gets me closer to making that happen
4: well the only thing that would get you closer to making that happen would be challenging the men's world heavyweight champion well never say never (laughs) but but is is that is that one of your goals is that something that you would like to see yourself doing
2: Quite possibly, you know, on a TV company, a woman has never held a world heavyweight championship. So
4: who, who knows? Do you, do you feel that now that you've been in the ring with somebody like Sammy, who's incredibly aggressive, he's very violent, do you think, and, and, and you had your match against Gail and you beat Gail, would wrestling the women be a step backwards for you?
2: I don't think so. I feel like I could do both. But I think that we have one of the strongest women's divisions out there right now. Like on Slammiversary, the women started the show and we ended the show. It was We have just a strong knockout locker room from top to bottom. There's zero weak links. Um, So I think just like I can go in there and tear it up with some of the guys, I think that I can go out there and just tear it up with some of the girls as well.
3: You know, Tessa, going back to Sammy Callahan for a second, he is a disgusting, vile human being. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but dear God, whenever you see the guy in the ring, this fluid coming out of his mouth, I mean, it's disgusting. Like, Bully brought up about the fact of being safe with him in the ring. I was just worried about you with all all the saliva that was coming out
2: all over the place. Oh, gosh,
3: that's so gross
2: to think about now.
3: <laughs> but think about it. It's the truth, though. You didn't think about that at all going into that match?
2: Oh, I did. I did, and I tried to block it out <laughs> just because, oh, that's so disgusting. But then in the match, your adrenaline's going, and you don't quite think about it. If anything, I think it would just piss me off more.
4: <laughs> Tessa, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought you guys put on one hell of a performance. It was extremely physical. I thought it took you to the next level. The only thing that I didn't necessarily agree with was the psychology of the finish. Why a pile driver?
2: Well, that is Sammy's
4: finish. Right, but is there anything to be said that more heat goes on Sammy if he has to cheat to beat you?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I think I think it didn't take away from it either way in my opinion. Um just because that is his finish, I think that if I if it had gone differently, um if he did cheat to beat me or I don't know. Now that I think about it, really I don't think that it took away from it at all because I think it showed that I had to go out there and fight and go toe to toe with one of the best, one of the most aggressive in our locker room. Um, one of the top guys at impact wrestling and that I did hold my own. Um, but I don't so, know. I feel like if it was differently, maybe it wouldn't have been the same outcome necessarily with the fans.
4: Okay. So do you believe it made you more credible to take Sammy's finish in the middle and then live to talk about it another day? Maybe.
2: Maybe so.
3: Okay. I mean, I actually, you know, I sent out a tweet yesterday, and I said that you are joining the show, and I said one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, Tessa Blanchard. And I, I was careful with the words I used in that tweet because I really do feel that you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I think now in 2019, I think we kind of think in those terms not best men's wrestler, not best women's wrestler, but best wrestlers. And I think, honestly, for me, to see you in the ring with Sammy Callahan at a pay per view like Slammiversary, which is one of the few pay per views for Impact Wrestling, in the main event, you know more significant than what's going to be happening at extreme rules on Sunday, more significant than what we've seen in pro wrestling for some time. I think that's a big step forward for women's wrestling. Do you believe the same?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, I keep saying like, I feel like wrestling just keeps evolving. Wrestling just keeps changing. Um, I know there's like a lot of different views on intergender wrestling. A lot of people aren't for it. A lot of people are on the fence about it. Some people are all for it. Um, I strongly, strongly believe that I wouldn't I wouldn't be the same wrestler, the same athlete that I am without wrestling the guys. I trained with George South and Cedric Alexander, and I was in there with the guys six, seven days a week for hours and hours and hours and just training and training and training. And then now to go out there and have matches regularly with the guys, I feel like it's taken my level of intensity, my aggression, My timing, my transitions, everything has been elevated because of that. Um, It's just elevated my way of thinking um, in the locker room and then in the ring. Um, So I'm a huge proponent for it, and I think that there's a way to do it. Um, I think that there's a wrong way to do it, just like any style of wrestling. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: No, because Tessa, it's funny you said that because uh, you know Bully and I have had discussions about this in the past. I have never been a fan of intergender wrestling. It just is. It just was something that I just never found entertaining for me. And I have mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the match on Sunday changed my way of thinking. And Bully will tell you on Monday. Wow. On Monday, I had to eat some crow. Because I don't remember the last time that I was that emotionally invested in a match like I was in the main event on Sunday. So that match for me, I'm being honest, and Bully will tell you, it really turned my thinking around when it came to intergender wrestling.
2: That's actually amazing because any time that we're able to do something like that, that's just like, ah, that's so cool to me.
4: So, Tessa, if you can beat a legendary Hall of Famer like Gail Kim, and if you can stand toe-to-toe with Sammy and take that pile driver and live to talk about it, what woman would you like to see yourself working with next?
2: Next, I'm not sure. Um, I have a few dream opponents that I would love to face one day. Um, Some of them aren't with our company. Um, but honestly I've said this like probably since I started wrestling I want to go everywhere and wrestle everyone and do everything that I can um, right now I think that we have one of the strongest women's locker rooms so I'd love to face the likes of Taya our knockout champion again Rosemary and I have never had a match together so I would love to do that but some of the people that I consider to be The best in the world are uh, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Sasha Banks. Um, Those are some people that I would really love to wrestle one day.
3: You know, those are names, Bully, that we mentioned earlier in the show when we talked about people that we would love to see one day in the ring with Tessa Blanchard. Um, When you look at what took place on Sunday with you and Sammy, I would think that Sammy has to have some respect for you now because at the TV tapings in Toronto for for slam uh, slammiversary fallout you're actually going to be teaming with sammy callahan
2: yeah that was not our choice <laughs> okay. impact put that together but
4: well well tessa how are you going to get how, do, you, do you plan on being able to coexist with with uh sammy as your partner
2: i think so um i think that it yeah, Sammy's a very aggressive personality. Sammy's very – he likes things done his way when he says it. Um, you know, he's a leader. He's the leader of OVE, and all of them listen to him. All of them do what he says. But I, I'm that same aggressive, dominant personality. So we may butt heads. I, I'm not really sure how it's going to go. I think that we're going to have to coexist in some way if we want to win this thing. Um but uh, honestly, I don't know. I guess we're gonna find out on Sunday.
4: Did uh did Tully or Magnum get to see your match, and if so, what did they think about it?
2: Oh, I did when I got. Um, when I got back to the locker room, I had a text from uh, both my dads, and they really enjoyed the match, and they wrote me like a little letter and everything. So I thought that was really neat. Um it's cool because my dad before how do i how do i explain when i first started wrestling my dad would tell me like that i wasn't at the point yet where he, the things that he could teach me would make sense and now he says that i am at that point where he can teach me those things that will make sense now so he's very detail oriented and now he's able to sit with me and coach me through the ins and outs the in-betweens um the things that Everything but the execution things, those little details that sometimes get overlooked that a lot of people don't see, um, those things that just take you to the next level.
4: And I think that is such an important lesson to learn. And I think that that little nugget of knowledge right there, all younger wrestlers can learn from. Because what he's basically telling you is slow and steady wins the race and so many younger wrestlers just want to go out there and do things for the sake of doing them and they don't understand why and basically what he was telling you is it's not going to make any sense to you right now and he's the psychology of it means so much more than anything else so listening to him give you that advice. Is it, it it it's gold, and it's going to make you a bigger star one day.
2: Oh, I hope so. They're just—I'm very, very blessed to have both of their knowledge, my dad and my stepdad. Um, especially, like they—they they know how to be stars. Um, and so, anything that I can learn from them, I try to just soak up because they're so brilliant.
3: You know, Tessa Sunday for Slam who is was a big night for Impact Wrestling, and there seems that there's some. Changes in a good way for Impact Wrestling on the horizon. There's talk about a new network. There may be some changes to the images and and the logo to Impact Wrestling. Do you feel like Impact Wrestling might be on the cusp of something big?
2: I do. It definitely feels like the feel, the culture of our company, everything feels very positive. Um, Our locker room is a force. We're like a unit. Um, All of us are very, very... We stay strong together, um, which is something I haven't seen in many locker rooms. It's very unique. Um, And then it it feels like our company is on the upswing right now. It feels like we're about to do some really cool things. I definitely think that we need a better network, um, but I believe all those things are in the works right now. Um, But, yeah, it it definitely, definitely feels like we're about to do some really cool things
3: Well, Tessa, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Again, great match on Sunday at Slammiversary. And good luck teaming with Sammy Callahan in Toronto.
2: Listen, thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?